Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Okay, how's everybody doing? Man, it's great to be back here in the pulpit. Uh, I had to uh, punt last week on 36 hours of notice to this wonderful brother right here, Yancey Smith. Uh, that was the first time we, we look back on the you know history of preaching and uh, the history of preaching. It sounds really grandiose. <laughs> My own personal story. <laughs> And, but that was the first time I'd not been able to preach because of an illness. So kind of like think Cal Ripken of preachers, just consistent, you know, 20, 26, 26 years. And I, I shared that with the D school the other night and Mike Reese shouted out, Hey, one starts on Sunday. <laughs> so here we go. I'm starting a new streak. It's this morning. All right. <clears throat> yeah, man, we had a great time. At World Mandate. And uh, so we've been doing that for a long time, 30, 30 years, and uh, is, the conference has been going, and I've, I've, that was my 20th, so been, been going for our 21, something like that, and uh, been going for a while. I want to just start off with a few verses, because that's kind of the theme. On, on World Mandate Sunday, uh, for a lot of years now, we'll just do an, a nation's focus. <clears throat> and that's a key part of who we are as a church. And you know, we want to make sure that as, as new people are coming into the church, that we all catch this heart, this vision, this DNA of who we are as a people, that we aren't just concerned about what's going on here, but we're concerned about this region and the nation and the nations of the earth. In John 20, there's several different uh, Great Commission passages. John 20 is one of those. Uh, verse 20 and 21, Jesus appears to his disciples and he says to them, peace be with you. As the father sent me, I'm sending you receive the Holy Spirit. And I love that commission in particular because it is like the greatest commission of all. I mean, to, to actually get to participate in the, in the commission of the father, son, and Holy Spirit. That's pretty awesome. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. I'm giving you that same, not to go to the cross and die for the sins of the world, but I'm, I'm saying you participate with me in this incredible mission to bring God's love to humanity. And that's, that's, we get to participate in that. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, and I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to bring them into the, the triune love and relationality of God. We get in on that. That's awesome. We want other people to get in on that, and that's awesome. And he says, teach them to obey what I've commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. A promise of the presence of Jesus now and to the very end of the age. That's a good deal, right? And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, I want you to wait for power from the Holy Spirit, and then I want you to be my witnesses, starting right here where you're at, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so we, that's, I mean, since the get-go, since the beginning of this church so many years ago, that is something that we just held on to and said, hey, we want to do that. We want to start where we're at, 
and reproduce the life of God into ever-expanding circles of influence where we have a say-so, where the kingdom of God is coming in and through us. We want to be all about that. The way we said it early on in the church was if we have the life of God in us as, as believers, then I'm going to find a way as an individual of sharing that life with others to make other disciples, right? So I've, I've got this life. I can't be quiet like Jesus has radically changed and saved my life. I can't. Jesus loves you. He's incredible. It's going to come out. There's going to be, I don't know what all I just did. That was weird. And uh, so, but as an individual, but then as life groups, like when we go house to house, you know, the, the fruit of a healthy life group isn't just individual disciples. It's that these, these house churches, these life groups would give birth to other, other life groups, you know, and so we'd have this reproducing movement of house groups in the name of Jesus. And so, then expand that to the whole congregation. The fruit of us as a people together isn't just individual disciples. When we've got the life of God flowing in and through us, the, the, the fruit of that is other churches, other congregations. You can imagine fire shooting out from, as it's coming to us from God, it shoots out from here to this region, the nation and the nations of the earth. And we want to be all involved in that. Since the, since the get-go, when we started, our focus was on the United States. Straight up. I mean, we were like, man, the United States needs Jesus. And it was just something we saw. It was a burden. Um, for those of you who are younger, you may not realize this, but for seven years in a row at World Mandate, I was the U.S. guy. It was, they, they were just kind of planting the church in Waco. And, and, and so they didn't, it wasn't as much about the U.S. It was about the tea of the uttermost. Let's go to Peshawar, Pakistan. Let's go to, you know, Kabul, Afghanistan, you know, these crazy places. And so I would stand there and go, America counts. The United States matters. There's lost people everywhere. Yeah, everybody says they're a Christian, but they're not. People need Jesus in the United States of America. I can't tell you how many people I've had say, I've always felt called to New York. I just, and I just thought that wasn't, you know, like enough. But man, I feel validated. Like, yeah, New York matters. New York City matters, and San Francisco matters, and we, we want to see the Lord. So anyway, I'm going back. Uh, so, so a burden for the U.S., but what happened over time was we planted, I think the first seven years, we planted seven churches and sent out a little over 300 people to plant churches in different parts of the U.S., so, and we're just like 200, 250 people, and we just kept sending out blocks of 40, 60, 80, 30, 20, 10, just these different blocks of people to plant churches. Well, in the mid-90s, Jimmy Seibert, who's the pastor of, of Antioch Waco and is also the leader of our movement, we started really connecting and becoming close friends. And this thing that we were doing, like, U.S., 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 started kind of getting married a little bit with, they were like, go, just just leave, go to another place, you know, and, and we started catching that, that, this vision for the nations, and it is, it is a wonderful, wonderful uh, partnership, and so I remember my first world mandate, and we, J- Jimmy and I had been hanging out a bunch, he said, hey man, come to mandate, and so I go, I take one of our church planners, and we're, we're there in a room before the, the service on Friday night, and we're praying, there's five of us in the room, it's me, one of our church planners, Jimmy, a guy named Mike Bickle, who was pastor of Metro Fellowship, Christian Fellowship at the time, and this other guy, short guy with red hair and a long beard, 
And I didn't know him, never met him. And so we're all praying, veins, you know, Mike, bring it in the name of Jesus. And, you know, and Mike Bickle prays real, oh, Lord, just, just real strong prayer. And uh, then, this, then this short, red, red-haired guy with the beard starts praying. And, he's, and I have no idea who he is, but he's like, Lord, I just hate it that the Taliban kicked me out of Afghanistan. This is 1999. I hate it, Lord. I just want back in. Lord, would you open the door so I can get back in, make a way, bring the Taliban down so I can get back in and preach the gospel in Afghanistan. And I'm over there praying, and I'm like going, who, who are you? You know, who is that guy? And that was my first time to meet Kurt Mailer. And for those of you who were, were uh, at, the, at the conference, you heard Dana Curry sharing her story about being in prison in 2001, Heather Mercer and Dana Curry. It was international news back at the time. It was a big, big deal. Well, Kurt was the, their team leader. So he was already there paving the way, you know, speaking Dari and Farsi and whatever you, you know, however you, uh, is it Dari or Farsi? Farsi. Yeah. I'm just along for the ride. Just get some help from you guys preaching. That'd be awesome. But, so, uh, so, so Dana, I mean, it was just powerful, you guys, too, hearing, hearing Dana's story. And just, she'd come over from North Africa, where she's at, and been at for many, many years now. But it was, it was powerful for me to hear her story again. And she, it, it's so funny, because she's like, I'm not a speaker, I'm not a speaker, I'm not a, she's a speaker. She, she can do it, you know, and she's very unassuming, and She's like, I, you know, I was at peace if, if we didn't get out of prison. You know, I, I was, you know, but she did go on and say, but I'm so glad the Lord let us live, you know, <laughs> thankful. I remember exactly where I was at when it came on the radio, when Heather Mercer and Dana Curry were set free by some Delta Force strike team that went in and nabbed them out of this field. She was telling the whole story about being in the field. They were supposed to go to a field that didn't work out. They went to another field. They ended up lighting their scarves on fire because the helicopters were flying by and they couldn't find them. And so they light their head, head scarves, you know, so that the, the helicopters could see them. I remember exactly where I was at, 121 Service Road, and they said, Heather Mercer and Dana Curry have just been freed by Delta Force. They are set free from prison. I pulled the car over and I just went, yes, God, because we've been praying so much for them. You know, Heather's spoken here at the church, you know, years ago and, and a dear friend and it was just a big deal. You know, it's a big deal knowing your friends that have done prison time for Jesus. And they're not the only ones. We've got others that were just at D school a few weeks ago, done prison time for G, you know, been to prison for Jesus. And I mean, that's the kind of environment that we're in. It's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm so thankful we get to do what we get to do. I remember sitting, uh, James and I had gone, uh, it was a, a number of us had gone for the first exploratory trip in, in, uh, Croatia. We were in Zagreb and then we went down to the coast. Dalmatian coast to split. And I remember being there, and, and here's the point I want to make about this. It's amazing what happens when we will get out of our comfort zone and go. And it's just, we see things we don't normally see. We, we get into a frame of mind we don't normally get into. We get into a place of dependence we're not normally in. We're listening more. Could we do all of that all the time here? Yeah, we totally could. 
But sometimes it takes us getting out of our normal routine in order to step into a place that God really does want to be more normal here. And, and uh, you know, so, uh, so I was sitting there on a balcony in, in Split, Croatia, and not expecting, I was worshiping, I was praying, but I just suddenly, I, I, I sensed the Lord saying, this is part of your inheritance. Looking out over these red roofs in, in Croatia, and if you've ever, it's just that's, all the roofs are red. And, and, uh, and this is a part of your inheritance. And I just started tearing up. I was like, wow, Lord. You know, but it was there that the Lord spoke to me about that being part of my inheritance. You know, a similar thing happened when I was in 2004 in December. I was in Iraq, northern Iraq, and, and, uh, I was on this mountaintop with this apostolic leader there, um, and, uh, who's ministering to the Kurds. And I, you could see five cities from where we were at. Five cities. And it just hit me how many people in those cities did not know, had never heard the good news of Jesus Christ and how much God wanted to use us, me, us, this people to have an impact in the nations of the earth. And I want to just share that. So I know there's so many other stories around the room. We're going to share some testimonies in just a little bit, but God is calling us. He's wooing us into this. You know, part of we all need the incarnation of Jesus in other people. We all need to see Jesus in others. And even just a heart for the nations. I didn't like come up with it on my own. It's been other people that have helped me get there. You know, it didn't, it didn't start out that way. And I remember, uh, one of our training school directors, he's with the church for many years, Scott Wood. He was a longtime missionary to France and Northern Africa, French speaking areas. And I just remember looking at Scott when he was, we got to talking about the Berbers in Morocco and just him started telling his heart for the Berbers and tears start welling up. He starts crying. I start crying. And I'm like, what is going on in my heart where I'm responding to his love for the Berber peoples? It was powerful to me, you know, or watching Brent and Julie Pennington just weeping for the ties of Northern Thailand, you know, and just, just, uh, we need that in each other. We inspire and encourage and envision others as we care about people that don't know Jesus that need Him. Because He died for everybody. And we're not going. He didn't, didn't die for them. And you know what? We all ultimately, Fabrizio is going to be sharing here in a little bit from Peru, but we need, we need everybody together for the church around the world to be the church of Jesus Christ and all of its fullness. We, we just need all the diversity you see in this room right now. It's beautiful, and it helps us be right here, the church that we're called to be in fullness. Now, take that to the macro level. Like, we need, we need Ugandans that just know how to pray. I mean, one of the craziest prayer meetings I've ever been in my life, it was 10 p.m. when it started, and I got there a little bit late, and I literally ran out of the taxi just into this lean-to on a swamp. There's 150 people in there praying at the top of their lungs. You know, and I'm, I was supposed to, this is funny, but I was supposed to be the guy going to speak to them and encourage them in prayer. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and, <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> it's really kind of funny. And, uh, and we'll tell more stories about this next week because we're starting some, uh, a series on Pray It In. And, uh, 
But I mean, we need what we need that peace. And we need the peace from the Thais, and we need the peace from the Peruvians, and we need the peace from all the different parts of the nations of the world that are going to be around the throne giving praise to God. And all through this series, this starting point series, we've been saying Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the starting point in talking about God. You can't talk about God without starting with Jesus Christ. And you're in darkness to think that you can. I'm saying that explicitly and with as much point blankness as I can. We, we are groping around in the darkness about God apart from Jesus Christ. The guys who studied the Bible the most looked at him in the eyes and called him the devil because they weren't starting with Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the key starting point in talking about God in talking about who we are as the people of God, in talking about the Bible, that's how we interpret the Bible, is looking through the lens of Jesus. He is the, that's what Yancey was saying last week, he's the interpretive key for understanding. I mean, you could look at the Bible and go, hey, we may need to go do genocide against somebody and really miss the heart of God unless you look through the lens of Jesus Christ and go, oh, no, no, we actually are supposed to lay down our lives for them. The cross is actually the pinnacle of the revelation of God's heart in the person of Jesus Christ. So, you know, so, and in the same, in the same way, God's heart for the nations. We start with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in talking about the nations because God comes across all worlds in the person of Jesus and He steps right into our darkness, into our humanity, in order to express the love of God for every single nation of the world. This is His heart for people. And we want to get in on that. The main thing is this. Today, Jesus is calling us to be a life-giving church together that joins the mission, His mission, to the nations of the earth. And joining that mission, it's going to mean some things, but it, first of all, it's going to mean like that first John, that John passage we looked at is that, you know, we get God's heart for people, you know? So when he says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. So we are called to be an incarnational people that see ourselves not just living life and waiting until we die and go to heaven one day, but living life on purpose, on mission, with things to do right now that are making life better and right and sharing the gospel with people, the good news that there is a relationship just waiting, a relationship of love waiting for everyone through Jesus Christ, God's heart for people. That's what joining the mission means is seeing that. Joining the mission also means knowing God's presence. And again, I I just I so appreciate Dana saying, we go with Jesus. He goes with us. Being in prison, singing those songs. She said, prison was my favorite time in life where I've been, I was the closest to Jesus in my entire life because I was so dependent on Him. And His presence was there with us at every step of the way, knowing God's presence. So as we join the mission, the promise is, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to be with you. And then the last piece there is that joining the mission means bearing witness to Christ. And bearing witness just means I'm pointing with my life, my thinking, my thoughts, attitudes, lifestyle, the choices I make about time and money, 
All those things are to be a witness that points to Jesus. And you say, well, I, I can't be a witness because I don't know all the apologetic stuff about why the Bible is written and all those kinds of things. And you know what? You don't have to. Every single person that knows Jesus Christ can do all I know is witnessing. All I know is witnessing is somebody comes, they got the, they say some stuff, well, what about this? And what about, you know, politics and Republicans and Democrats? And what about this and that? And you say, you know, I don't know. Can we just practice that? I don't know. I don't know. What a great theological answer. I don't know. But all I know is, all I know is, Jesus Christ saved me. I was a dead mess, addicted to all kinds of drugs and living a perverse, messed up life. And he saved me out of darkness and he brought me into life. He brought me into, he said, brought me out of death and into life and out of darkness and into light. He brought me out of the mess and bondage that I was in and brought me into freedom. All I know is that's what Jesus Christ has done for me. And there's nothing you can say. There's no argument you can make about this that's ever gonna, you could pull me in two. But nothing's going to change the reality of what Jesus Christ has done in my life. The last part was a little extreme. Just, but all I know is everybody can do, sorry, everybody can do all I know is witnessing. Heidi, you got it. All I know, all I know is, you know, Chandler, all I know is, right? Jim, Jonathan, around this room, all I know is. So what we want to do is we want to take just a minute here and share a few stories, some testimonies. Everybody likes testimonies. So share a few stories about lives that have been impacted by just being a part of the mission around here. So this, this is Aiden Yamada. <laughs> and uh, he's just an awesome brother. And um, it's been a joy watching you grow in the Lord. But a lot of that growth kind of started back with a, just a simple little trip. So why don't you share a little bit about your story? Yeah. Um, so uh, Jamie just kind of asked me to share a little testimony of uh, some travel I did. So I'll just kind of give you some uh, context before I kind of go into it. So uh, picture, I'm a sophomore in college. Um, I'm kind of doing the whole frat thing. Frat, that's like fraternity, kind of like a social, really healthy social community, social club. Um, very encouraging, uplifting, edifying. Always. Take lots of communion Always, together. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Weren't you in a fraternity? Yeah, I was. Yeah, crazy guy. <laughs> I got radically um, saved. But anyways, <laughs> um, so doing that whole thing, and right around that time, just kind of starting to see, man, that's not going to uh, fill me up. It's not going to do the trick uh, for me. There's more here. So I actually met Ben, went to worship night uh, at his place, I got really touched, got one meal with him, and after that one meal, um, Ben was like, hey, man, like, uh, you should just pray, and I felt like God wanted you to come to Greece with me. First time I'd ever met him, right? And I was like, all right, I'll pray about it. I felt like God said go. Talked to my mama. I felt like she said go. And when mama says yes, she got the money, so I'm going, right? Um, so <laughs> um, I was really excited about that. So I went to Greece um, to kind of give context of what was happening. So I was in, uh, we were in Greece. And if y'all have heard about the Syrian refugee crisis, there's about 2 million refugees from Syria, but not only Syria, but a lot of the Middle East, Iraq, Iran, and they were being displaced from uh, the Middle East, and they were seeking refuge because of uh, terrorism, ISIS, all that stuff. They were being displaced, uh, traveling, seeking asylum and refuge um, in different parts um, of the country or the world, Um, and a lot of these refugees would come uh, to Athens actually seeking a new hope, a new future. Um, So we're in the middle of all this. We're on this island in 
uh, Greece called Lesbos, and we're going from Lesbos to Athens uh, to meet more refugees. And um, we're on this boat with about 3,000 refugees, um, and we're traveling, me and Ben, uh, we're walking on the boat together, and we just take a second, and we're just like, all right, God, like, what would you have for us kind of as we go here? We don't want to move unless you're moving. Um, and I remember for the first time, at least clearly uh, for the first time, I felt like God gave me a picture um, and I felt like I saw myself in this room, this room vividly, and there was this light in the corner, and it kind of expanded throughout this whole room. Um, and I just kind of had this sense out where I was going to walk in a room, and I was just going to know that this is the place we're supposed to minister. So we go in uh, to this room, and I'm like, we walk into one of the second or third rooms that all these refugees are kind of staying on this boat. And I'm like, this is the place. Um, me and Ben start sharing the gospel with some people. The first person Ben ends up talking to is this guy named Omar, and he's talking to him, sharing the gospel with him. And Ben starts to um, love on him, and he starts telling him, like, man, I've been having these dreams for 90 days straight about this man in white. You know, many of y'all have heard testimony. Some man in white um, glowing, and he comes to me, and he says, like, I love you, and I don't know who this man is. And Ben and I got to, like, open up the scriptures to him and show him who this man was. Um, and after talking to him, uh, he was ready and willing, and with tears in his eyes, ready to give his life to Jesus. And uh, Ben was like, hey, bro, like, this is your shot. Like, you know, lead him to Jesus. And I, you know, trying to lead him to Jesus, and Ben would, like, jump in and be like, bro, you're doing it wrong. Like, you missed the resurrection. Like, how did you miss the resurrection? I was like, yeah, Jesus was crucified on a triangle. He's like, it's a cross, bro. Like, come on. Like, so he's jumping in. <laughs> Kidding, but we, we lead this guy to Jesus. Honestly, it was the first guy I'd ever led to Jesus. Um, at least in that tangible and that like real of a way. Um, and yeah, so I was just, Jamie's asking me like, sorry, I'm talking way too long, but you were just asking me like kind of what, why, why do you go? Why go on these mission trips? Um, and I think like the reason you go on these things is not because you, you know, it, G, when Jesus sent the disciples on like their little short-term mission trip in Luke 10 um, to go like heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, like he hadn't yet given the great commission to like change the world. And I kind of think about short-term trips like that. Like Jesus wasn't sending the disciples out to change the world. He was sending them out so that they could learn how to change the world. Mm. Um, and I think like that's what, why you go on a short-term mission trip is because like God's going to equip you, give you things in your heart, um, give you a passion and teach you how to lay down your life for others in a way that when you do come back to your spheres that you do operate in, you're going to be able to change and affect uh, the world around you through the Holy Spirit. So, Amen. Awesome. Amen. Thanks, Aiden. Yeah. And uh, so another little kind of slice of what this looks like, uh, Corey McConnell is going to be uh, heading long term to, and uh, so how did you kind of Give us a little bit of insight into your world. I mean, you, you were always headed to the Middle East, right? <laughs> no, I didn't plan to be a church planner, let alone in the Middle East. But uh, God does crazy things with every person who says yes. Yeah. Uh, so my story is in 2014, I was baptized, and God started a work of just pruning stuff out of my life. Uh, stuff that wasn't healthy and stuff that was, but that was occupying a lot of time. And, and so as this stuff started falling away, I had all this time. And so I just started taking little steps forward. And at first, that was jumping into discipleship school and going there every evening. Then it, I got to go on Engage the Crisis and met Syrian refugees. And every little step forward, I realized like how much joy and just fun and adventure there is in like saying yes to something you don't know what it's going to be, and you jump in. And so I just I started losing like excitement for other things other than 
being Jesus to people who'd never heard about Jesus before. So I started just finding so much joy in that. And so the next step was talking to James and getting in the pipeline. And he's like, bro, why don't you go for a a longer term, learn more rhythms of discipleship, and go out and join a team that really knows what they're doing. So that's how I ended up in And I was there for seven months, and it totally changed my life. And within a month, I knew this is what I want to do with my life. Like, I don't want anything but this, like being... Jesus to people who've never heard of Jesus. Like, oh, wow. it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay, so it's an interesting place. Yeah. Help everybody understand what's so cool hmm. about trying to reach people. In- hmm. I haven't said this in other services, but there's a move of God in so that's exciting. But and I got out there and realized, oh my goodness, there's this place in the world where every single country has come to gather and they all speak English. And I mean, it literally is a city where you can walk around and in one day talk to somebody from North Korea and Pakistan and North Africa and China and like every close country on the, in the world is there and they're fluent in English and you can just talk to them. And they're away from persecution. They're away from family pressure. They're there for limited times, like four to five years. So it's a lot like a university, tons of turnover. And I can meet these people, they can encounter Jesus, they can be discipled, and then they're immediately going back to some of the craziest places in the whole world. So it's just so strategic. We've got to get everybody we can to come join. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. So you're saying like other people could come too, possibly. Yeah. I mean, we have... We, we have applications in the... Four, no, uh, we do, actually. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> but of course we do. We have, like, we have everybody. We have like a pilot who's on our team, and he was just a pilot and living near DFW, and he's like, I'm a pilot. I can live at any airport. Why not work at... And we've got like a guy who... He went on a short-term trip, and the last day was like, man, why am I going back to America? And so he just went to the team leader and was like, I think I want to stay and apply for jobs. Is that cool? And the, they prayed, and there was, like, pastoral stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that last part, too. That's really... But I'm saying that guy is managing a Bed Bath & Beyond now, in, and that's his life. But he's doing it, and his coworkers are from the craziest places. Yeah. And so whatever you're doing, you can probably go do it and make more money. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, give it up for Corey. Great. Okay, so, um, man, we are really honored, you guys, to have Pastor Fabricio here from Cusco, Peru. And, uh, you know, he, he has really helped us and served us as a church as we've gone down there, been a real man of peace, has been, and, and uh, 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 Maddie met uh, him a few years ago, and just... Give a greeting, share a little bit of your heart and perspective about this nation stuff that we're talking about. Okay, hi, my name is Fabricio. I work in Cusco. Um, we're, we, I, we planted a church there about three years ago. Uh, we were about uh, 30 people. Uh, and then somehow uh, Ben showed up in Cusco. <laughs> Let go, Ben. So uh, I met him, um, and they start to come in uh, several groups uh, to Cusco, and it was a great time when they were uh, organizing several outreaches uh, on the streets, on the parks, uh, wherever uh, you think they were there. So <laughs> with a part of our, our team, and you know, it was literally a hundred of people coming to Jesus. 
So we heard a lot of stories about uh, people being healed. Um, so, uh, well, they made some uh, ice cream outreaches, basketball outreaches, uh, things like that. So, and all the, these people, yeah, they, they believe in Jesus. But um, the thing is that uh, we try to to connect with them, and some of them, okay, some of them right now are part of our leadership in our church. Wow, that's great. So uh, we are really thankful to the Lord for all the work uh, they have done there. But uh, just think about this. You don't imagine, you cannot imagine the impact what the Lord can do with your life. Come on. Amen, amen. Okay? So when you decide to go, Somewhere, no matter where, but better if it's Peru. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but if you decide to go, there will be a big door open to see signs, wonders, and miracles in lives uh, in those places. But the biggest thing is that you will see miracles, signs, and wonders in your own life. So that's why it's so important uh, not just to give uh, or pray. It's amazing if you are doing that. It's really amazing. And you are doing an impact enormous. But if you go, if you go, so you will be the hand of the Lord moving through you, touching people, uh, and you will see things happening in a way you have never seen. So uh, I just encourage you to go. Uh, thank you for this honor to, to share with all uh, of the church. Pastor, uh, it's a really honor. I've, I've been feel uh, uh, loved. Uh, yeah, I, I, there, there's no words. So yeah. We love you, brother. We love you. Amen. Amen. Y'all give it up. Amen. Yeah, so, so let's land this. Um, you know, uh, there's so many different ways that we can... I, and I, and the, the, I think the burden for today is that we would just all, even more, see ourselves together in this common purpose of making a difference, sharing the life of Christ, starting right here to the nations of the earth, and sharing and multiplying the life of Christ, new disciples, new life groups, new congregations around the world, the glory of God, joy of all peoples. And it looks so different, you know, in different people. I, uh, Melanie Hoover was going to share. She had to take a shift uh, today at uh, doing nursing. But, I mean, she went into Haiti after the earthquake. And, I mean, it was dangerous. It, Haiti's a hard place, just period. Just, it, just trying to live is hard. But, I mean, she was there. She had to have a bodyguard everywhere she went, you know. But she did that, and she served. Uh, I remember Paul Coulter, back in the year, one of our elders, back in the year 2000, they just started coming to the church, and he said, hey, Jamie, I just want you to know, I don't feel called to go to any nation, um, but I do feel called to support long-term missionaries from the home base. And I was like, I love you. That's, that's awesome, because it takes all of us doing all the different things that we do, sharing, praying, loving on people, being pastoral care people for those long-term missionaries, going on short-term trips, getting a heart for it ourselves, helping to spread that around, being incarnational people that, that share and get a, a vision for the nations in us. And so no matter where you're at, at your point in the journey right now, no matter where you're at, let's just say, Lord, 
I want more of what you have for me. Whether it's as a student, young adults, families, youth, all the different segments of life that are represented here. Lord, I want more of what you have for me and for us as a church. We want to walk in that. And when we do, we get to change the world. I mean, we really do. Y'all stand up. So ministry team, come on up. And just want to give everybody a chance to respond to the Lord. And what, so we'll, we'll have ministry, but, and, and it may be, hey, I need to respond. The Lord's putting a nation on my heart. The Lord's putting, uh, just, a, a, maybe a change in lifestyle on my heart. It could be that, hey, I want to live more simply so that I can give more generously. You know, in our culture, you know, uh, there's even people argue about short-term trips. Should we be doing that? You know, we spend our money on a zillion different things that are wonky and weird. And, and here we are talking about touching people's lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's all right. But we have to be people that rearrange life so that we can do that. Kim and I, years ago, we made a commitment. We were going to support all of our long-term missionaries out on the field. And so from the get-go, we've been doing that. And you know what happened in that process? Our hearts started going to where our money was going. It's a promise. It's a promise. We started getting more of a heart for the nations as we started sharing more of our resources with people that were going. So I don't know just where you're at, but just let's just pause here and just respond to the Lord. Say, yes, Lord. Let the yes be there. The yes of consecration. The yes of surrender. The yes of, uh, it might be that you're called long-term to do something. Or, I'm going to take a trip. But wherever you're at, just say, Lord, what's my next step? And I want to respond to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Hey guys, whatever your need is, again, we always have the front open at the end of the service for prayer. If you're going through a hard time, you need prayer for healing or anything else, come on, let's get prayer. God answers prayer. He moves in the name of Jesus when we pray. So Father, meet us here today. Help us to respond to whatever you're saying uh, to us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, go for it. Come on down.